0: This is episode one of Envision Horizons' newest image of what's on the horizon. I'm here with CEO and founder, Laura Meyer, to discuss who Envision Horizons is and how we got here. So first thing, Laura, thanks for being here today. Um, Tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Hi, Maggie. Uh, great to chat with you. So my name, as you've learned, is Laura Meyer, and my background is in retail. So I actually grew up working in my father's hardware store, mixing paint and helping Uh, The employees learn how to use the computer cashier system (laughs) Uh, because it wasn't an old school till. My, My father upgraded the system and needed a younger mind to understand computers at the time. And I also always had a passion for retail. So I studied, I went to college, I studied business marketing and entrepreneurship. Where'd you go? I went to Miami of Ohio outside of beautiful Cincinnati. Very nice. Not to be confused with Florida, as many New Yorkers do. (laughs) It's a real school, and it was founded before Florida was even a state. Just fun fact.
0: (laughs) Um,
1: Are you from Michigan? How did you end up at uh, uh, Miami? Yep. So I'm born and raised in the same small town in Michigan, uh, right on Lake Michigan, beautiful, quaint area. Do you get that lake effect every year? Yeah, uh, my dad, <laughs> I spent to my dad yesterday, he just got all of his ice melt in for the hardware store, so they're prepared for a wild winter. Oh, well, you know what, I'm sure New York's not going to be any better, but um,
0: cool. So, so tell me what led you to found Envision Horizons?
1: It was an interesting journey. Uh, so I previously worked for Amazon, which it was well there that it became very clear that brands needed some type of support beyond what was currently available. It's a very fast-moving platform, and I was selling their advertising. And I used to joke that, in many ways, I was an Amazon therapist where brand I would call brands to sell the advertising solutions, and all they would want to talk about is all the other issues that they were dealing with. And the, can you give us some example of
0: what, what those issues
1: were? It's anything from inventory getting lost, uh, prices not being updated. Back then it was a lot more issues associated with Vendor Central. But look, it's, it's a demanding platform. And if a brand doesn't have the bandwidth to learn the platform as well as manage it, it can be extremely challenging. And so... I had the epiphany of creating a business and a concept that was conducive to all of the Amazon needs. So we weren't just going to be an Amazon advertising agency, we were going to help with everything involved and helping brands build the foundation. Now, when I had the idea, it's not as if I just went and set out to do it the next day. It was one of those things where I actually kept a journal of business ideas for a few years and I always ended up resorting back to this concept. And so after I left my last job, I moved forward with this business model.
0: Okay, very cool. So then what does your day-to-day look like now as a successful business owner?
1: Uh, well, successful, I think it's still a word to, to be earned. Uh,
0: so, in other words, um, just to be clear, what I want you to tell our listeners what it, what services you actually provide for clients.
1: Okay, well, there's a lot. Uh, so, I speak to having a sturdy foundation of a businesses or of a brand on Amazon, and what that entails is ensuring that inventory is in check and that inventory is prime. We will help brands work through the various options there, which can be utilizing Vendor Central if that's applicable to them. There's FBA on-site, there's Seller Fulfill Prime, and then, of course, there's Fulfillment by Amazon, which is what majority of our clients use. And in my opinion, it's the best solution.
0: So it, it kind of sounds like, and I'm sure that everybody can relate to this, that Amazon is really just a beast. How do brands that have their own in-house e-commerce teams. How do they manage to scale on the platform? Is it possible or do they need to hire somebody like your company's
1: expertise? Look, uh, I think it it's just a matter of where your initiatives are and what your goals are. And the reason why we work with brands and why we get very embedded into their organization is I like for brands to think of Amazon as not just another retailer. So it's not just another contract like they would have with Macy's, or Sephora, or Kohl's, Target, etc. Really, if brands want to be successful on Amazon, they have to think of it as another website. So brands are spending tons of money on the infrastructure of the design, the UX, the marketing for their own website. And really brands should have a similar budget or at least a similar focus as they would their own Amazon page because Amazon is where majority of searches are happening now online, as well as oftentimes brands or sorry, consumers Will start on social media, they'll come across a cool brand, they may check out your website, but there's a good percent of them who are still going to Amazon to purchase. So, in an example, if I'm a consumer and I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling through my Instagram, I see this cool beauty product, I go to their page, their website's awesome, I go to Amazon and they have negative reviews, it's crappy imagery the likelihood that I'm gonna follow through with the purchase suddenly drops. And so having that strategy of having everything aligned is very, very important to the overall purchase funnel online.
0: So can a brand be successful on Amazon if they're not doing other forms of marketing and the other channels?
1: I think it depends in category. If you're in a very saturated market, it will be quite difficult. If you have a product that can really own a niche and you play the Amazon game correctly, there are a lot of private label seller brands out there where their business is Amazon and they'll find some niche like hot pink spatulas. Totally just throwing that out there, but maybe there's a sudden search for hot pink spatulas because it's a trend within. Well, like the white influencers. Exactly. Exactly. And all of a sudden they're able to own this niche. They were one of the first to market and they can make a lot of money doing that. Now, in terms of like going back to marketing, right, that's a cash cow. So that will be short lived. Right, right.
0: So now as a young female business owner, I want to talk a little bit about some of the obstacles or experiences that best prepared you for this moment.
1: I mean, there's everything in life is an experience and I like to have the mentality that even when an experience seems awful in the moment, it really does. If you can be a resilient person, it can really shape and mold you to becoming a stronger better version of yourself. You know, I've had experiences where I may not have felt hurt in the room and that just makes you become aware of what tactics you have to take to then be dominant in the room. I grew up in the age of internet. I specifically remember learning what Google was in elementary school. And one of my friends' dads actually came into the classroom and did a seminar and teaching us how to do a Google search. Uh, you know, Google, you know, Google all became available to us all at the same time. We were just at different points in our lives. Right. And it's more about how brands and people are able to adapt to this very fast moving time in human history. You know, the industrial revolution happened very quickly
0: and now the age of internet
1: has happened very quickly. I mean, Google, they came out with pay-per-click advertising, I think it was 2002. Right. That's not that long ago. And now, pay-per-click advertising is standard within the industry. Yeah, no, you're right, you're
0: absolutely right. So with that, With Google's pay-per-click advertising not being that long ago, what what are some of the trends that you see developing on Amazon that it's going to if if brands don't get in it now, it's going to be very difficult to catch up to?
1: Well, I think it's more so being nimble and being quick to react. So, in just the digital age, the reason why I believe a lot of smaller brands and emerging brands have been able to be so successful. You know everything's the Warby Parker of X in a way. <laughs> Whether it's a toothbrush or the Dollar Shave Club, et cetera, et cetera, is because these brands were able to get on Facebook advertising a lot faster and earlier than some of the larger, more established holding companies and brands. And so, one thing that we like to tell a lot of our clients is some of our more corporate level clients they want very structured budgets for their advertising Mm -hmm. and i always like to push back on them and say look we can have these budgets but give me a flux budget where if there's a new ad unit or a new opportunity we at least have a little room to test it because with digital advertising it's like anything when I i remember hearing the statistic that when the first digital, sorry, the first display ad ever existed on the internet, it had an 80% click-through rate. (laughs) Now the click-through rate on a display ad is less than 1%. Right. You know, it's like 0.00 and then you're happy. Yeah. And that's what's going to continue to happen is as consumers become more savvy, they want more authentic placements of ads shown to them and they don't want it to be annoying. So it's finding that fine line between what is overly targeted, where it's creepy. Like I was talking about what flights I wanna to buy to go on holiday around the Christmas time to then get an ad with the exact location I was just talking about, a little creepy. And there's no doubt that these data companies like Facebook and Google, et cetera, they know a lot more than we realize, I think but it's finessing the right spot. Right. So my point with this is that as it relates to Amazon, we always like to get our brands a new ad units as soon as possible and in beta programs, because that's really where we find you get the most bang for your buck pay-per-click advertising on Amazon. Everyone's on it now. And we've even looked at trends internally of our clients where the A costs have steadily increased over the years because the CPCs have drastically increased over years. And as a result, we're now looking at different other solution or different solutions that Amazon has. And we're getting a lot of our clients on Amazon DSP because that is still a ad unit that brands don't necessarily, at least smaller brands don't have immediate access to. right they either have to sign a $30,000 insertion order with Amazon's media group, or they have to somehow have access to the self-service platform, which we as an agency do.
0: So what are the click-through rates for uh, Amazon DSP ads?
1: That's really the account managers that are looking at those statistics. But what I like to see is the ROAS and seeing the brand halo effect and the percent of new customers that are buying into that brand. Okay. And why I really like that ad unit is more recently they've rolled out where instead of doing audience lookalike targeting, which is what it initially launched as when it was called Amazon advertising platform. uh, Now you can retarget those that have been on your product detail page that have been on your competitors, product detail pages, the queries that they've searched. And in a way, I kind of see Amazon DSP right now as what Facebook retargeting and advertising was four years ago, where if you get in early enough now, it can be a huge driver for brands.
0: Okay. So with the talk of flex budget budgets and advertising, how much does a client need to invest in their ad spend on the platform to be, to really make it sustainable and and scalable?
1: It really depends by category. Uh, We really customize this based on what their margin goals are, what their growth goals are. But I would say in ballpark, we usually advise between 10 and 20% of reinvesting Whatever revenue you're generating on Amazon back into advertising. Okay. But like what we also look at is the LTV of their Amazon customer, what their repurchase rates are. So we all we have that all calculated within our own reporting dashboard that we've built. And we then use that to build the bigger picture because if we know that the repurchase rates are really high then we're comfortable investing even more because of the long-term growth effects that that can have.
0: Okay. So now what makes InVision Horizons different from your competitors?
1: Well, I think to be honest, I try not to pay too much attention to the competitors. I in a way like to keep my blinders on and just really focus on what is what I think is a good job, but more so what our clients tell us and go off of that feedback. And in a way, I kind of like to, and from a peripheral standpoint, I mean, I had coffee a few weeks ago with one of my old Amazon colleagues, who's technically heading up a direct competitor. But in a way, what's cool is there is this sense of camaraderie, right? Because we are all going after or helping support against the retail giant. I think what really helps us is that we, I think as a culture, we really strive and care about the brands that we work with. I know that is such an eye roller and is so cheesy, but from our performance-based pricing, that actually trickles down to the account managers. So the account managers have direct drive to grow the businesses that they work on. And I also think that for us, when we're validating the clients that we want to work with, we like to reflect on, all right, is this a brand that we're really excited about? We're at the point now where we can kind of pick and choose who we want to work with. And so we have our qualifying list of questions that we ask because like anything, it's it's just as important that they're going to be able to meet kind of like the financial trajectory that we like to see but then there's also you know is this something is this a brand that our the account managers are going to be excited to tell their friends that they're working on this because if that's the case they're going to work really hard on that brand and that client and that's what i think can drive a lot of success is don't get me wrong we sell some products that aren't the sexiest but it can be really exciting because they have such a great trajectory. And when you're working with clients that you just have a really good rapport with and you have really good vibes, it makes it all that more exciting because we, in many ways, operate as an extension of the teams that we're with. And when you're an extension of a great team, it makes for a great partnership, which then results in great work.
0: And so before we come to a conclusion here, I want to hear more about what's next for Envision Horizons.
1: There's a lot, I think, you know, for me, it's scaling with purpose. So making sure, because I operate under the mentality that reputation is everything in business, especially when you're a service business. And so for me, maintaining the quality of the service that we give remains the same if not improves is very, very important for our future because I think an issue that many businesses run into is as they grow, they become too thin and things can fall through the cracks. So anytime I see sight of that, I'm getting involved and we're sitting down and we're figuring out how we can resolve any little issue. Uh, And as a result of that, you know, we've started investing very heavily in our own technology and building that out so that we can automate some of the processes that are very time-consuming for our account managers, but also giving better insights into our, or for our clients. And I think one of the things that could very well come, I would say in the next 12 to 18 months is a version of our own software that will be a much better entry price point for newer brands. But I would say that our core white glove service will always be the heart and soul of our business.
0: Great. Well, um, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about that I didn't already ask you?
1: No, that's great.
0: Um, Well, thanks so much for taking the time to chat with me today. Um, and I wish you guys
1: all the, the best luck in your next steps. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks so much. Yeah, of course.